Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your car United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. I'm Dan McLennan. And I'm Mike Booth. Almost a full house for United over the Xmas period, but six points out of nine leaves the Blues in nicely in fourth place going into the new year. We look back on the games against Bradford Crew and Doncaster, while also doing a half-term report on the Blues season so far. Hey lads, new year, new me. Doing the <laughs> intro in one bloody go. What, what an mm, effort. And, and fitting well it in as well, which is, is, is I, quite a good I I have a bit of a thing because obviously we we have a sort of rough script that we share. Yeah, and you you have typed X M A S, and you referred to it as Xmas, whereas I still refer to it as Christmas, even though it's X M A S. Well, that 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 Xmas at least uh, meant that I was able to fit it in. <laughs> if I think well, I said yes. Christmas, that probably would have been right yeah. on the edge. Um, <laughs> right, uh, how are you doing, lads? Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah. yeah, happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. Happy new year to all our listeners as well. Thank you. Uh, hope you all had a good uh, bit of celebrations on uh, New Year's Eve because I certainly don't think you enjoyed the New Year's Day uh, mm. feast that Carl United delivered to them. Um, yeah, a bit disappointing, Doncaster, but with what you know, preceded it against um, Crew and Bradford, can't grumble too much, I suppose, lads. Is it fair to say? No, I'd have, I'd have been. Um, I was penciling in seven out of nine, so. Six out of nine. I did sort of say I think Doncaster would be the hardest game of them, didn't I? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I think, and I know we're going to cover it in more detail. I just thought Doncaster went at us and made us uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's spawn. I think sort of Bradford were the one sort of near us that we kind of needed to get a little bit of space on, and Crew was sort of the potential banana skin. And we sort of came through both of them, and then Doncaster was kind of just a middle of the road one where. We conceded early and weren't really in the game ever since. No, definitely not. Right, okay, so at this point of the show, we also do the usual thing where we tell you all about our sponsors and where you can find us on social media. We're very proud to say that once again this season, the podcast has been sponsored by the Cali Knight Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Cali Knight fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlislelondonbranch.org. Just a reminder also, if you don't already, please do subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on any good podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Pocket Casts, any good podcast app. If you just search for the Brunton Bugle, um, click subscribe, and then every time a new episode comes out, you will get it straight into your inbox. And if you don't already, please do uh, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Brunton Bugle. Uh, same address on Instagram, at Brunton Bugle. Um, if you search for the Brunton Bugle on uh, Facebook and click like, you can follow us there. And uh, yeah, we're also on the Be Just Unfair Not Facebook group, um, which is a fantastic community. Over 3,000 people in there would recommend joining it, definitely. Uh, we're on the accompanyments.net message board. And you can find us on email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Okay, so let's get into it. Obviously, this week's show, we haven't got any uh, games to preview. So what we're doing, we're going to be um, doing a, a review of the free games that took place over the Christmas period. But then also, we're going to do a little sort of half-term report. I think it's 
probably the best way to describe it, Dan, would you say? You know, looking back on the season so far, yeah. maybe looking yeah. ahead to the second half of the campaign. But before we do that, we've actually got some news this week, haven't we? <laughs> Unbelievably. We've had a quite a few weeks. We're not going to do the loan report, uh, the loan uh, watch bit this week, actually. We'll do a full review of that next week because we've got a bit of space to fill in the uh, the episode with no uh, games to review in next week's episode. So um, let's get straight into it. Um, transfers. That's the first thing to talk about, isn't it? Um no messing about from Simmer. You did say you wanted to get some business done quite early in the window, and he's already made plenty of headway. And um, one player's come in, but one player's gone out, haven't they, Dan? Mm, yeah, uh, we've got the left-sided defensive cover we we needed. Uh, mm. Jack Robinson from Middlesbrough. Uh, interesting, it's a half-season half loan with a view to potential permanent if he does okay. Is he out of contract in the summer? I'm presuming he is. He's I think he now, is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's at that sort of age where, I mean, he's been on loan to Yeovil before and he, uh, you know, he needs football. He's, you know, it's good that these lads do want to come out and play. And uh, I, th- I think it's fairly obvious he'll be back up in the, you know, firstly to Armour and Mellish. But it's yeah. good to know that if anything does happen to either, we've got a naturally left-sided player who covers both positions. I think that loan spell at Yeovil, Mike, stands him in good stead, doesn't it? Because I think the thing that stands out for me, the difference between him and and Aiden, who obviously was previously in on loan from Bristol City, is that Aiden had a couple of spells at clubs. He only played like three or four games at each club. Mm. Whereas Robinson, I know he had a season-long loan, so you might think he didn't play that many, but he played 17 games over that season. So he's had a consistent spell at one club. And do you think that might just help him a little bit with us? Yeah, hopefully. Um, I mean, for me, the big thing is, is that bringing him in so early in the window is obviously like a top target, you know, whereas if it's deadline day, it's probably more of a panic signing. So yeah, I've got full faith in uh, Greg and Simo to have done the homework on him and hopefully it'll be, good, be a good signing. And Borough have always produced some good young players, haven't they, down the years? You know, we've had a few of them, mm. you know, Jason Kennedy, David Atkinson was pretty decent, Charlie Wake we've had in the past. So generally... Um, what about Chris Freestone? Danny Graham, that's a fair one as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's just fair to say that generally when we sign players from Borough, they generally do all right. I mean, Freeson's record for us wasn't that bad, was it, Dan? That's the thing. Yeah. It's weird. I, th- I think I think Borough and are kind of known for having quite a solid academy structure. You know, that, that if if a, if a players <laughs> don't make it at Borough, chances are they can end up at a Hartlepool. Maybe not so much Darlington now, but previously, you know, York, there was always places that they could make a, a semi-decent career. So, no, yeah. it's uh, all good, all good. Yeah, it's good to see, isn't it? Um, going out the other way though, Mike, uh, Sonny Hilton hasn't quite worked out for him, has it, unfortunately? Um, mm. He's returned to Craven Cottage, uh, bringing his season-long loan to an early end. Um, I mean, he's clearly a lovely talent, but I mean... Only 10 appearances and seven of those in the league were off the bench. He didn't actually make a start in the league. The three starts he had were in the trophy and in the League Cup. Um, It's just a bit unlucky, wasn't he, really? I think it's fair to say. Just didn't quite fit into our system. And also, he was hindered by the fact that early on, that Gibson guy and Moxon um, trio in midfield Mm. just worked so well, didn't it? And obviously an injury as well that he picked up at Newport hampered his chances too yeah definitely and I think Taylor Charters coming through this season has sort of pushed him further back in the pecking order and we'd rather develop our own player than someone else's so yeah it's a weird one for him Dan I I, I never quite 
really pinned down in my head what what would be his best position. He played. I think he played as a number ten before when he had his loan spell in Finland. Apparently, he played as a, a wing back quite a lot for for the Finnish side. Mm. He came on at crew on the wing and actually did okay. He caused a few problems, admittedly, against ten men. And it, it, He's one of those sort of players who's come through academy. He's technically clearly very good and very talented, but just doesn't have a, a position pinned down, does he? No, uh, it's quite ironic to mention Newport there. He, he actually had his best performance against Newport, which yeah. is where he got injured, <laughs> which, which is the one that put him back. Cause the, only, the only two games where he got proper minutes were Newport and Crew. I think the other five league appearances total about yeah. eight minutes altogether to some adapt. Yeah. But no, it's just... He's, he's came in and he's always looked like a 10 and we don't really play with a 10. Mm-hmm. You know, we we play wide players, we play centrally wide attacking players, but we don't have a classic sort of, like Jamie Devitt first time around when he was a proper 10, wasn't he? You know, yeah. you, you knew where he would be. We, we've never really had that position and, you know, like you said, Gibson's early season form, Charter's coming into the form before his injury. And uh, yeah, I think it's just a sensible decision. Uh, there's obviously no malaise about it. You know, he, he posted uh, on his socials yesterday, you know, thanks and good luck for the season. And, yeah. you know, like several of the players were commenting, you know, so he was, he was obviously a good egg, you know, just he didn't boil in the right place for us. No, indeed. Oh, dear. That's terrible, isn't it? That is absolutely awful. There you go. But yeah, no, all the best to Surrey. And uh, I'm I'm sure he'll find himself another club. I mean, I think you sort of mentioned it. I know he's from the world originally, but obviously he'd be based in London now. And I'd imagine he'd maybe go to one of the National League clubs down there, maybe a Barnet or somewhere like that, Wilson possibly, just to get a bit of game time as much as anything, really, I suppose. I mean, I suppose someone like a Sutton might be an ideal move for him, maybe even, Mm -hmm. you know, get a bit of game time there. But. It all depends on whether the team can fit him into the way they play as well. So that's, that's the challenge too. Uh, other bits of news. Um, this one broke after uh, we um, recorded last time, I think, didn't it, Laz? I don't remember us mentioning it, so I put it in. Um, the new physio has been appointed. So uh, obviously, uh, Ross Goodwin uh, left the club at Christmas to return to his former club, Kilmarnock, for a third spell in Ayrshire. And it's a familiar face that replaces him at Brunner Park. No, not that familiar face that a few people will be thinking of. It's not Dolly. Um, it's Chris Brunskill, who's, um, who was the youth team physio uh, for a few years. He left to take on, I think, a job in Blackburn's under-23s. was actually working as a first-team physio. Not the head physio, but first-team physio at Blackburn Rovers. But has basically come to Brunton Park to be the head physio, the man in charge. Um, so, uh, yeah, by all accounts, he was the top candidate, wasn't he, Dan? That seems to be what Simo was saying. And... I suppose it helps that he's someone who, who knows the club already. Yeah, I think obviously that'll have uh, probably tipped the scales in his favour, his familiarity with the club, uh, people at the club. He's obviously progressed up at Blackburn. Um, yeah, it probably makes sense. Yeah, and it's it, it sorted nice and quickly, so we, we, we can move on and... Uh... He's, he's certainly got his hands full, hasn't he? I think it's yeah, fair to yeah. say for the for the rest of the season. So, uh, good luck to Chris in his uh, new role back at Brunton Park. Um, and a final bit of news: this one I've not put too much detail over. It. It's one we can have a little discussion about. Is there the clubs uh, published their accounts, haven't they, Dan? And once again, getting plenty of praise from uh, football finance experts for the for the detail that they published in these accounts, haven't they? Yeah, I think I think it's widely acknowledged that. Uh... 
Nigel Cribbins gives a very thorough overview of the year. Um, as we've seen from likes of CUSG questions and that, Nigel is very thorough. Uh, he'll always try and give an answer. I know when fans have emailed him about issues, he's replied uh, often quite lengthily. And yeah, uh, not a bad set of accounts, uh, a small profit, uh, cash in the bank, uh, a good bit of transfer income. I think it was about 600000 of transfer income and a bit of money. Uh, majority of that will have been Hayden and Tanner. And yeah. probably some sell sell on bits and clauses here and there, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's as ever the uh, the millstone round the neck is still there. Mm. Yes, uh, that's, there's there's, that's the there's problem, no yeah. there's no letter of confirmation from uh, pure pay to say they won't chase it in the next twelve months sort of thing, and it's just deadlock with, with that mean, situation. It's just a case. I mean, Mike, I don't know your thoughts on this, but I, I, I feel like it just feels like everybody's just waiting for Dean Henderson to leave Man United. Yeah. So we get that solo. Like, I think Pure Page is like, come on, let's just wait for this. And similarly, the club are like, oh, well, we've got, we've got to look like we're trying to do something here for mm. the sake of it. But I mean, the more and more you look at it, it does look like Henderson's going to leave Man United this summer because De Gea is having a fantastic season. He said he wants to finish his career there now. Um, I've seen they're looking at um, who's they looking to bring in Jack Butland from mm. Crystal Palace apparently. Yeah, the Dubravka's been recalled, yeah. hasn't he? So I, I think Henderson basically realistic. a Henderson move hinges on Notts Forest's status at the end of the season. Mm. If yeah. Forest if Forest stay up, I think he would move. If they go down, he's he's, he's a Premier League keeper. He's not a Championship keeper. But well, also, if if Forrest do go down, I think there's still a move for him somewhere because he's not going to play at Man United, well, is he? I mean, I mean, Newcastle's probably out of the question now because of obviously yeah. outside Pope and he's doing brilliantly mm. there. But you wonder if someone like Spurs might look and think Hugo Lloris, he's what thirty seven, thirty eight now, yeah, yeah, not getting any younger, and they've there's, back up, there's back also up Fraser Forster, so you know he's just as just as old. So yeah, they, they need again, again, again relies on relegation. But this talk of Pickford may, maybe leaving Everton, you know, Everton would be a decent yeah. move for him if mm. if they're a Premier League club. Yeah. Exactly. So the, the, but I don't think his value is as high as it was maybe two no. or three years ago. No. Possibly not, but it, it depends on the market, doesn't it? I mean, if he if he goes on to have a brilliant second half of the season for Forest, Forest stay up, there's no doubt he's played his part in a few of those games where he's, he's effectively mm. kept up on his own. And I still think realistically he's a twenty thirty million pound keeper. I think. I think. I think when he went to Forest, when the deal was done, it was going to be. Loan to buy originally, wasn't it? Yeah. And that, that be, just became loan. And I think a figure around the 20 million mark was mentioned. It'd be now, 20 million add-ons, wouldn't it? Probably you'd think. Yeah. Well, you you look at um, it's not the, the greatest sort of indicator, but he scores high in fantasy leagues, which mm. means that he faces a lot of shots, he makes a lot of mm. saves. So he's doing the good stuff. And you know, you're probably you're probably talking twenty five, thirty off the back of that. You know, yeah. teams at the bottom face a lot more shots. That's that's yeah. simple, basic football rule. You know, yeah. but but the, the, I mean, like I said, there's going to be a few clubs looking for keepers in the next couple of years because, like I mentioned, Spurs there, but I think in West Ham as well, Fabianski there, isn't he? He's not getting; he's about thirty seven as well. So there's plenty of opportunities of clubs that you can go to. Ast- Aston, Aston Villa had on about getting rid of Emmy Martinez who just exactly. won a World Cup. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I I, I think. 
it, it's it's really hard to say it like this because it, it, you know we don't we want it just sorted, don't we? But I think we probably need to keep calm until the summer and see what happens. Mm. I think there's a good chance come the summer the issue gets resolved, not by our own work. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't say the issue, but certainly the money would be there. <laughs> yeah, the, the deck can mm. be clear, Kai. Basically, yeah, so it yeah. makes makes life a lot easier for us. So, and that opens up. All kinds of opportunities. That the excuses yeah. then disappear in terms of investment and things like that, don't they? Which is uh, one of the key things here. Um, other bits to pick out of this. Um, the in terms of you mentioned transfer money coming in there, Dan. Uh, it was about fifty six, I think it was. We spent on transfers, something like that. I think around about yeah. that mark. Now I think we've tried to work this out. I think it's Jordan Gibson, Toby Show Silver, and Joel Senior make up that, don't they? Which I think. Yeah. Combined is, I think, it's around about 25 on Jordan, 20 on Joel, and I think maybe it's 10 on Toby or something like that, I think. Yeah. So, solid bit of spending. Gibson's probably the only one who's really performing in terms of that so far, but but there you go. Um, Obviously, there's some other bits that have come out of it, because not only do they provide accounts that, but Nigel Clibbins does a full report, doesn't he, that explains thinking over the year, and... um, the stuff about the the club's um, bills going up by a hundred grand, they reckon mm. this year, which is quite a big chunk. I mean, that's one decent quality player, isn't it? Taking out the budget effectively, um, the ground maintenance just an ongoing problem, as is you know the long term issue of the ground. But he's made it clear that the ownership issue is sorted before that can even be really seriously considered. So again, we're relying on Dean Henderson here to to you know mm. make his move, and that 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 it. It does open up a lot of doors, and no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, he was he, the report. Interestingly, was was pretty scathing of the uh, the way that player turnover happened under he who shall not be named. Wasn't it? <laughs> mm. He was he was not complimentary. Of it. I, I mean, he wasn't. I don't know if he specifically mentioned it by name, but he's but pretty clear that over those few years that we were just a bit of a mess, and there was no the, the forward planning wasn't great in terms of that. So. Um, yeah, not great, but um, but yeah. So it, it, if you get a chance, go and read um John Coleman's articles on it because he's covered it quite thoroughly as well. Actually, there's some good stuff in there, and the report Clippings has done. You can get it on Company South website. is well worth a read as well. It's quite interesting. Um, and as I mentioned, it's 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 got a lot of positive uh, PR, isn't it, Dan, from uh, Kieran Maguire of the Price of Football podcast. In fact, I believe. We get a good mention on the latest episode of the Price of Football podcast. Um, someone mentioned it's about four, 42 minutes and 30 seconds in. If you go on the latest episode of that, you'll find a, a decent section about our things. And, and Kieran can be quite scathing, can't he, of clubs who don't you know, try and hide all their issues in their accounts and things like that. Yet he gives us five stars out of five every time because of the, the report that Clippings done, does so. Uh, that's good to see. Um, mm. Right, I think that's the new section done. Um, nothing else to pick up there, Dan, is there anything? I can't think of anything else that's happened over there. Not off the top of my head. Few weeks, no, mm. right. Well, let's get into the the map review section. Um, so, yeah, three games over the festive period. Um, nine points, sorry, six points picked up of a possible nine. Um, how many goals have we scored? Five goals in those games. Only one, con- the two conceded, sorry. Two clean sheets. Um. Just initial thoughts, guys. Uh, we'll start with you, Mike. Um, we sort of touched it on the start of the show, but when you look back now, are you fairly happy with the outcome over the Christmas period? Uh, it could have been worse. I think I said going into it that as long as we're sort of still in the playoffs, as a bare minimum, 
you know, from the end of these fixtures, that'd be good. And and we are, but when you win the first two, you're kind of hungry for more, aren't you? But yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Any thoughts, Dan? Yeah, uh, like like I said earlier, I, I was aiming for seven points out of nine. We got six, so I'll take that. Uh, Bradford game, I thought we were comfortable. We were worth certainly more than the one nil scoreline. Uh, crew absolutely breezed that game. I thought crew were a poor, poor opponent. They're going to oh. struggle. I think they might strike lucky this year in the likes of Basket Case Crawley and that, but. They, they don't know what they're doing at the moment. And like like I, I suggested, I thought Doncaster would be the hard game. And as I said earlier, they just seemed to, to go at us straight away and it unsettled us and we never got going. So a little bit of a mixed bag. But, uh, you know, at the end of, the, end, end of that, we've, we've, we've finished, you know, end of New Year's Day, we're in fourth position. They would have took that at the start of August, everybody. Oh, 100%, definitely. Well, let, let's get into that Bradford game first, Dan. And you say there, obviously, the fact that we, we only won the game 1-0, but we we certainly deserve more in terms of goals. I mean, the chances we had, I mean, fair play. The Bradford keeper was probably, for me, quite comfortably their man of the match. I think he was their best player by, by a mile. And it, it was, there was kind of a feeling of... There was never a feeling... It's weird because Bradford had some really good chances in the second half, but did you ever really feel like we were going to lose that game? No. A strange one, wasn't it? Because there were really good chances there in the second half, but we were so dominant in terms of our, our attacking chances, Mike. There was kind of mm-hmm. a feeling of, yeah, even if they did score, it's all right, we'll get back into this. Yeah, I, th- I think we managed the game pretty well. Um, there were sort of, I mean, obviously they had a lot more possession than we did. Because um, I, I wasn't there, I was watching it on, on iFollow, mm-hmm. but there was a few times where they... We're maybe getting some passes together and we'd just kind of break the play up. Maybe a player would go down for a little bit longer than they maybe should have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would just sort of, you know, take the wind out of the sails a little bit and they never really got much rhythm. Well, one of the issues, I mean, Dan, you obviously were at the game, um, was that Bradford dominated possession for long periods, but most of that was just passing along their back four, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, they, they, they didn't do much with it. You know, the, the pass success was quite high because, yeah. like you say, they were playing keep ball when they were 1 0 down, which, you know, I mean, first half was absolutely all ours. Yeah. Second half, they came out, had a bit of a go, but we weathered it, and then it was pretty equal, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I said 3 1 would have been a fair score. I mean, I'd argue even four, to be honest with the chances mm, we yeah, had. Yeah. Would, I mean, even though he only says four shots on target, I, I, I feel like it It should be higher that because, I mean, there was a few little blocks that came in at quite close range and stuff like that. But um, yeah. but there you go. Um, well, let's, let's talk about the, the, the game itself then. Um, team selection, were you surprised, Dan, to see Strettenstein down the middle? I mean, Dennis had struggled a bit against uh, Northampton, hadn't he? Uh, yes and no. I think with... With Edmondson being injured, Patrick not ready, uh, you could maybe have thought Dennis would have started and then have brought Stretton on, but you know either way it didn't, it didn't really matter. Uh, I mean, we only had Shaw Silver on the bench as the other striker, so yeah, yeah, it's probably about right given the uh, given the injury situation. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about the chances then. Um, I mean, I should say United dominated the chances. Bradford didn't actually manage a single shot on target in the game, 
which is pretty dreadful to be mm-hmm. honest, considering the attacking talent they've got at their disposal as well. Not great at all. Um, so, let's talk about the goal then, straight up. Um, again, another good set piece, Mike, wasn't it? And a great corner from from Charters on the left. I mean, we saw one against... Quite similar, actually, when I think about it, against uh, Salford, wasn't it? A sort yeah, of long ball to the Yeah, pretty much the exact same thing, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was a quality ball in. It just it just kind of teased the keeper a little bit, mm. in that the keeper thought he could maybe just get something on it, but he couldn't, and it's an easy header for Huntington. Hey, what, that's one thing I'd say about that keeper, is he wasn't the biggest. He maybe was only, what, six, would you say 6-1, Dan, maybe? 6-2? Got a push? Yeah, one yeah. The shorter ones I've seen this season. And that was, was was an area where we could we could target them. And like you said, he he, he sort of came for it, big long looping ball to the far post. And Huntington couldn't have had a much easier header, could he? Because he wasn't marked very well at all. So he was able to nod it into the back of the net and, and make it one nil. In terms of other chances, I mean, first half, John Mellish was immense in this game. Wasn't he? he was everywhere. I mean, he he practically was playing. I mean, I think I, I had a look at the um, average positions on who scored dot com, and he was practically another midfielder. You've got Feeney and uh, Huntington still, you know, quite deep in terms of them as centre backs, but Mellish is practically alongside Moxon and Guy in midfield. He was getting forward that much. Yeah, he, yeah, he did play second half. Uh, sorry, um, in midfield in the second half, didn't he? So that's one thing, I suppose. But um, yeah, what, one of the first chances was uh, he had went on a bustling run through the middle, so somehow got the ball through to, into the box, and then smashed a shot that uh, Lewis tipped over the bar. Um, Stretton beat the offside trap, but got a low ball in that was well stopped by Lewis. Uh, Ellis is run on the edge of the box, uh, found Guy. Lovely turn on the ball. And what is it with him this season, Dan? He just he just found his shooting boot, hasn't he? Everything he hits from range, he's, he's on target generally. And again, a great save from the keeper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we, you know, we, we, this scoreline, it's, it still amazes me now. Because the amount of chances we created, because like say, I said three one, you said it could have been four. Let's be honest, if it had been five, we wouldn't have comp- you know nobody could have complained. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. how many chances we were making. Well, following on from that, from the corner from that guy shot, Feeney then poked one towards goal. That I'm, I'm not sure Lewis knew much about it, but he just about stopped it on the line. Um, another charging run from Mellish, a low ball into Stratton at the near post. A defender just nipped into. Um, to stop him. And the only chance Bradford really had in the first half was a sort of Chapman, a player who we were allegedly linked with in the summer, trying to dip in volley over Holy. I mean, I'm not sure what he was thinking in terms of thinking he was going to be able to beat Holy from there, but well over the bar, Holy watched it over quite comfortably. Um, into the second half, and, and yeah, as you mentioned, Bradford had a few more chances. Chapman crossed to Cook at the far post that was well headed behind Alpini. Uh, Cook then hit a long range effort well wide. Um, and then there was, at this point, Bradford were just sort of starting to get into the game, weren't they, a little bit, Dan? They were starting to get on top. And, and Simmer made a really clever tactical move, didn't he? He, he pushed Mellish into midfield and just stuck him on Richie Smallwood, mm. who was just, just starting to show his championship quality and get on the ball and ping it about. And then from that point, he was a little bit more restricted and Mellish was in there causing problems, one of which was to get forward the ball into the box and... Cut the ball back to Gibson, and oh, I, I'm still watching this back now. And yeah, should, have, missed done, should it? have done a lot better. He could have took two. He probably could have took three touches. Yeah, to set himself, it was that much space he had. 
I do. Do you wonder, Dan, if it was any other club he was playing against, he would have been a bit calmer there and took his chance a bit more calmly? Possibly, but uh, he just rushed at it, didn't he? I don't think whether he didn't realise how much space he actually had, I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah, he, uh, and, and his head did drop a little bit after that. We'll touch on Gibson a little bit later on. Um, what happened after that? Um, and then there was. Uh, another chance, which um, I think was a Moxon free kick from the right. Um, Armour headed it back, and Huntington sort of poked at it, and it sort of it hit Mellish, didn't it, about six yards out. And I heard it someone at the time near me said, oh, it should be burying that, but he didn't have a chance to react to that at all, did he, Dan? It was one of the ones who just hits him. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was sort of like it happened that quickly, you know. But yeah. uh, again, it was just more proof of how dominant we were. Yeah, and then Cook had two really big chances, didn't he, as well? I mean, the, the first one, he should be bearing that side footy chance, shouldn't he? An easy tap in that arm. Well, not tap in, it's probably a bit harsh, but it's 12 yards out coming to him, and he's such a good finisher, you'd expect him to hit the back of the net. Put it a good couple of yards wide, and then across from the from the right, he... Um, from I think from Bright actually, funny enough, and um, again I think he actually beat Feeney to this header. And how he's put that wide, I don't know. He looked easier to score. I was convinced the ball's gonna hit the back of the net when it came to him, but yeah, yeah, same here. It didn't. And then uh, up the other end, United had a couple more chances. Uh, Moxon so close to scoring. I think what would be our first direct free kick of the season with a, a wonderful hit after his initial free kick. Actually, was brought forward ten yards after a handball in the wall. Uh, and then Dennis tried to do a. Uh, I think you, did you describe it as a Papi Cisse? Where he tried to sort of hit yeah. the first time volley from the left. Yeah, but, um, went a few yards over the bar. Well, it, it, it was one of them because I think it hit the sort of stanchion at the back of the net and then hit the back of the net. And from yeah. where I was watching on iFollow, I thought it had gone into the back of the net, but no, yeah, obviously not. But yeah, I mean, even though it was you know one nil till late on. Bradford didn't really threaten too much, did they, after that? I mean, they, they made a change to bring Vidyan Oliver on, a player who we've been linked with several times under Keith Curl, and went 4-4-2, and then they just didn't target him, did they? It was bizarre. They, they, they had a big man up there alongside Cook, and they could have launched it up to him, and I don't know what it was, Dan. They just seemed to completely switch off. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hughes must have sat at the end of that game and went, what have my team done today? You know, just... Yeah. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to watch their debrief after that game because it'd be interesting. Well, he's not a man I'd like to to piss off. Uh, I tell you that much because he he still looks like the hard as nails now, doesn't he? <laughs> Even despite his age, but he's um, but yeah, it was it was a strange one. I, I expected a lot more from Bradford. I, were you quite disappointed with them, Dan? I was quite disappointed with Bradford. Yeah, because they've been playing quite well in the run up mm. to it, and they've, they've actually done all right since as well. They just for whatever reason they just. Maybe they'd had too much turkey or something. I don't know, but they just didn't perform. Well, you know, the last time they won at Brunton Park? My first game in 85. August 1985. Wow. Incredible, that, isn't it? I was only six months old at that point. That's just just mad, What part of the ground were you in? Sorry? (laughs) Part of the ground were you in? Oh, well, uh, well, yeah. Uh, Probably back home, I'd have to say. Um... Yes, I think generally happy with the three points against them. Uh, let's move on to the crew game. I mean, this was a, a, a different proposition altogether. We come up against a crew side who'd lost on Boxing Day at Stockport County, didn't manage a single shot in the game. They conceded 25 shots in total uh, on and off target from, from Stockport. An appallingly bad side, and there was a thing like, right, if we're real promotion contenders here, we need to go and put in a performance. And we did just that, didn't we, Dan? 
Yeah, um, we'd sort of said this was, you know, not a, a sure fire win away from home, but if there's an away game you want where you want to pick up points, this was it, and so it proved. You know, we just we just bashed them, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely battered them. It was fantastic to see. Um, no surprise, there was no change to the team selection for this one. I think we all expected, unless there was any knocks, that it was going to be the same eleven that started against um, Bradford. Um, let's discuss. Let's get straight into it and talk about the goals then. Um, crew did have an early chance, it should be said, and fair play to the crew fans. They had a shot on target after about a minute, and you'll never hear more of a sarcastic cheer for a shot on target <laughs> in your life. They were, they were certainly uh, making it clear to the players that you need to book your ideas up. Unfortunately, that was about it for crew really for the game. Um, United started to put the pressure on after that early chance, and they got a corner. Um, which came from, a, I have to say, a great cross from Gibson looking for Armour at the far post. It was headed behind. And Moxon's... It's an interesting one watching this back, Mike. I don't think it's, it's actually that great a ball in from Moxon. It's, it's an okay ball in. Mm. But no one really deals with it from both our viewpoint and from the crew viewpoint. We don't really attack it that well. And they don't really defend it. And it, I still try... I think it does come off like Feeney's heel or something. But I still can't work out how it's gone in. It's a, it's a bizarre goal, isn't it? Well, it's one of them you say it wasn't that good of a ball in, but maybe Huntington got something on it, maybe Fina got something on it, but it was just, it was down that corridor that crew just did not want the ball in, mm. and it just sort of bundled its way in when it, when it's in there. Yeah, I think so, someone went for the header. I don't think they actually got a touch if you look back at it. Mm. I've looked back on the um, the pitch side blues one, it's actually quite a good one to see that. I don't think anyone touches it. Actually, I, I think it is, it just clips off Feeney's heel. I don't think he knows a huge mm. amount about it. But yeah, 1-0 up after six minutes. And from that point on, we were pretty comfortable, weren't we? Um, <coughs> plenty of other chances um, in the second half. But first half, sorry, we'll talk about them in a sec. But into the second half, the start of the second half, you'd expect the home side to come out stronger, wouldn't you, Dan? But it was United. They got off to a quick start. Um, Jaden Harris, who came on as a half-time sub, took a, a really quick, clever throw down the right that, um, that found Gibson. He sort of got to the byline and he just... It's not the greatest cross in the, the world into the box. It's sort of a, a hooked ball in. And it's really high, so the keeper can't come for it. And he's a big lad there, keeper. Armour gets... The, I mean, Crew should really be dealing with it. But Armour does really well. Keeps it alive. Heads it back across. And it is wonderful footwork from Moxon, isn't it, Dan? To get a bit of space. Yeah, and just Because yeah. the easiest thing to, would be to lash at it there, wouldn't it? And try and hit it as high as you can. But he just pokes it in off the far post, doesn't he? Yeah, no, it was it was a nice move, and uh, you know the game was pretty much over prior to it. This was game over, wasn't it? Well, I think it was fair to say it was game over four minutes later, wasn't it? When <laughs> uh, Luke Offord lost his head, it's fair to say, um, and he was sent Offord. I know that was even worse than Dan. Terrible. Um, I just don't know what he was thinking. It all game, Jack Stratton was getting pulled all over the shop and wasn't getting any free kicks anyway, and he didn't get one here. It was sort of high ball up, he challenged for it, and Offord's got hold of Stratton, shrugs him off, and Stratton doesn't really do anything. It's really bizarre. And then he mm. just elbows him in the back for no reason at all while the referee's looking right at it. I heard some crew fans, some someone tweet saying, oh, well, I've watched the thing back, and I'm fair, I think it's fair to say we're going to win the appeal on that one. And I thought, are you? <laughs> it, it's like the referee was looking right at it. It's not a clear mistake at all, is it? it it was a bizarre. Well, it, it, it looked to me like he sort of pulled his collar and punched him in the back of the head, which is a pretty cowardly a, move. I don't think he actually punches his head. If you look back, he sort of swings, but sort of gets his elbow into his back, and mm. 
And the referee's got no choice but to send him off at that point. And mm. Dal, I mean, they were struggling enough with 11 men, but with 10 men, he just made our life so much easier. And mm. We certainly improved our um, uh, past success rate as a result <laughs> of that. And, you know, we kept we actually kept the ball a lot better. I mean, they had a, quite a lot of the ball first half, but didn't do a huge amount with it. Second half, we dominated the ball generally. And, and yeah, and then came the, uh, the third goal. And, I mean... It's a surefire sign that you're struggling as a team when you're getting done for pace on the counter attack by Christian Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, I mean that that that's embarrassing, isn't it? Really, but I mean, fair, I mean, we'd had most of the chances to that point. We were fairly dominant, and they got along. They got the ball down in uh, our sort of left corner flag area for a throw in, and they decided to take a long throw. Apparently, they've been doing this all season with no success. Long throw comes in, and we deal with it fairly easily. And Jack. Armour, fair place. I think this is quite a controlled sort of punt forward, isn't it, Dan? It's not like he's just hoofed it, hoping it will go out of play. He's put a bit of spin on it to get it back into the middle almost, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I wouldn't, I, I need to watch it again. I wonder if he actually spotted that Dennis was in a bit of space because he got the jump start on the uh, chasing defenders and he, he makes a lovely knock to knock it ahead of him, but not too hard and the keeper will get to it. Yeah, and and you know, and from that he he just runs on and hits his shot, and it's back of the net. You know, I think he takes it a little bit early as well, doesn't he? I mean, that catches the keeper because it is it quite it's actually quite close to the keeper the shot, but because he hits it with such power and so early, I think he just it, it catches him totally unexpected. And well, it's one of them. I think yeah. they had a defender coming back across, and I think if Dennis had hit it a little bit further to the right, the defender would have blocked it. And I think yeah. if it hit it a little bit further to the left, the keeper would have saved it. But yeah. he hit it in like the exact perfect spot where no yeah. one could get it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right with that one, Mike. Um, and yeah, and that was it in terms of the goal scoring. There was other chances. I mean, first half, United, some of the chances we had was, oh, was ridiculous. Um, there was um, Stretton nipping in on a back pass from McDonald and just, the fair play, the keeper just about stopped him lobbing him. Um Gibson, who I thought had a great game in this one, but again, we'll talk about him at the end. Um, nips in and tackles McDonald to get the ball. Um, Stretton gets away. His shot is saved. And fair play, the keeper does brilliantly to get up and block Gibson. And Gibson got there as quickly as he could, to be fair, and did all he could to try and score. But so frustrating for him that he couldn't get there the second at that point. Um, uh, yeah, I think, oh, that's pretty much it in terms of the... Uh, First half chances and into the second half. I mean, Feeney hit the post from a header from a corner and Jamie Dever, oh my word, what a goal this would have been if he'd scored that. Mm. I was right behind this as well, I should say. And as soon as he hit it, you thought, your first thought is, any other player think, oh, that's going well over. But I thought, Dever's hit this, this is going to dip a bit. And my, I, I was convinced it had gone over the line at first because of the because I, I was sitting quite near the front, so the angle's not great in terms of seeing where the line is. But what a hit that was, Dan. I mean, that would have been a brilliant goal, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just got that quality, hasn't he? <laughs> not much more to say. No, really. <laughs> not, not really, is there, I suppose. Um, and then one that's not in the extended highlights, and a lot of people wouldn't have seen, but Toby Show Silver got away as well towards the end. He was through on goal. And I don't know why, but he checked back. I, I, he kind of tried to check back because I think the defender was getting close, but the defender got, got in and actually did a, put in a great tackle to stop him in the end. But he should have made it four late on in injury time as well. But then into injury time, United play keep ball. I mean... Dennis was back in his own half playing one twos with Jack Armour and Morgan Feeney. I think he was trying to boost his own past statistics for this game, definitely. Um, 
Uh, yeah, that pretty much sums it up for the for the crew game. Should we? Uh, I think we've got the first of our sixty second reviews to do for this. Actually, so this is a uh, Chris from Leicester, isn't it, Dan? I've, I've, sorry, I've forgotten Chris's second name. Is it? Um, you've got it written down. Somewhere, I hope it's Martin, not right it? beside me. No, <laughs> is it, it's not, is it Chris Martin? Is this one Chris Martin? I can't remember. We've had another Chris. I do apologise. Chris from Leicester. That's what your name is for this one. So it's like being on the radio, isn't it? Right. Uh, this is Chris's review from the crew game. Hello, Chris from Leicester here. Just sat in the car before I drive back after a brilliant 3-0 away win at the Mournflake Stadium, home of crew. Uh, we were all over in the, them in the first half. Um, though at halftime I was thinking there's no second goal. We paid for that at Northampton. Really hope we don't. We took loads of rubbish short corners in the first half as well. And considering we scored from a normal corner, I thought just get it in the box, which is pleasingly there weren't too many in the second half. They offered very little in the first half and I was really thinking we must make them pay. And that's exactly what we did. Second half started, we got a goal right away, which was really, really good. They then got a red card soon after that. But I really do believe the ref only gave it because he absolutely had to. I thought the ref overall was really poor and really one-sided on the side of crew. Um, but he had to give the red card. Um, a few decisions after that, he just was not giving our way, which I was interesting because then our players were getting a lot better at the dark arts, as what I call them. Uh, you know, one player went down for a good five minutes, then as soon as that player got back up, John Mellish went down with an injury. Could be genuine, but I just like the fact that our players were telling the ref, right, if you're not going to play to our, our way and not going to give us anything. We're going to give us ourselves a bit of a break and a bit of a reshape, which was good. Um, I thought we were sloppy uh, from 65 to 70 minutes. And then at 69 minutes, I noticed John Mellish went off. And I thought, are we going to pay for that? Is it going to be a two-all draw? Absolutely not. Dennis had a brilliant break and an even better finish, which was really, really pleasing, and sealed it as a 3-0. And then a few minutes after that, Dennis smashed it into the away end, with which was in a brilliant away following. Um, however, I think I might have cracked a rib because it went straight into my ribs. However, <laughs> I did uh, help the old gentleman behind me by taking one for the team, quite literally. Talking of taking one for the team, I felt the players did that because even at 3-0 up we were fighting for every ball Jack Armour really sprinting to keep the ball in play Toby show silver looked good did squander a chance but he looked really good and really committed right up until the last whistle which is if that continues for the second half of the season we're going to do very well indeed thank you oh, cheers Chris thanks for that little review there he even called himself Chris from Leicester so we'll go with that one um I should say, he's made a few points I'll pick out from that before we move on to the Doncaster game. Uh, corners, absolutely agree with him. I, I was saying exactly the same to, to Craig from Runcorn that I was sat next to at the game. I said to Craig, why are we taking these short corners? We've scored from one, we've put into the box. I, 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 I don't quite get, I know you want to mix things up a little bit, but Mike, surely if you've scored one goal from a corner and it, it's causing problems, you just keep doing that, don't you? Yeah, you'd think so. Uh, but, you know, who are we to question... Paul Simpson because <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, I, th- I think we had it at a home game do you know what I can't remember for the life of me who it was against and I think you said just Sutton. before Sutton, yeah when Edmund, when Edmondson scored off it why yeah. are we taking these short corners yeah, and... yeah that's true that's true I'll give, mm. I'll give you that one uh, in terms of the cards I agree he didn't have much choice in the, on the red card he probably could have sent another crew player off actually for the tackle that injured Mellish um, Dan looking back on this I, I don't know if you've seen this one back but it wasn't a great tackle. He he catches um, Mellish on the top of his boot and and he, he gave them the throwing, I think it was, in the end. Oh, no, so he gave us the throwing when the lad got nowhere near touching the ball, didn't he? 
Yeah, possibly. Uh, you know, it would it would have just top top the game off the crew, wouldn't it? You know, uh, but uh, we're not we're not bothered, are we? It's no. We got the three goals, the three points. Happy days. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of, uh, just quickly before I go into the Donny bit, uh, you mentioned about uh, Dennis smashing the ball into the away end. Chris must have been sat quite near me because I was literally in the second row round about where that went in. And I, I tell you what, I absolutely crapped my pants because he hammered that ball <laughs> into the into the away. He was very apologetic straight away, to be fair. I think it's one of those ones where he thought the defender was going to come in to clear it. So he was going in hard and the defender actually just, wimped out and didn't do anything in the end so he ended up booting it into the end but there you go um, uh, something else that Chris touched on yeah. before we move on is the away support again yeah, it's brilliant. incredible like 800 odd fans at a time of year when people are quite skint the train wasn't really an option for a lot of people because you wouldn't be able to get the train back yeah you know and it's not it's not the first time it's not the last time our fans have just been absolutely brilliant this yeah. season 820 left that one uh, 1200 at Doncaster on New mm. Year's Day, some very uh, hungover-looking blues at that match. Um, <laughs> and the way United started the game, Dan, it was almost like they were hungover too, wasn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. not, 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 I mean, it's one of those ones, isn't it? Obviously, we knew that Jack Ellis picked up his injury against Crew. We'll talk about injuries in a sec, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll rush through the Doncaster stuff quick before we talk some general points. Um, yeah, the... It, it was one of those ones that there wasn't much choice but, but to put Joel Senior in really obviously Jaden Harris filled in there for the second half against Cream it's different starting a game in that position but great to see Joel Senior back after 11 months it should be said fantastic mm. to see him fully fit literally 11 months to the day since his injury at Salford um, and obviously in terms of uh, Taylor Charles being out injured um, Christian Dennis came in for him so it was a slight switch around in terms of Stratton moves to the left Dennis went down the middle and it just didn't really work early on did it Dan and the opening goal Oh, it just everyone's going to focus on the mistake by senior, aren't they? And yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a mistake. Undoubtedly, his mistakes led to the goal. He gets it caught in his feet twice, effectively. The lad nips in, and he effectively he gets it caught in his feet and he knocks it out almost of the lad to hit it perfectly. And um, but actually, I think there's other bits of that that really peed me off, and I think John Coleman actually touched on this in his sort of review of the game. Defensively on the left, we were quite shambolic early on in this game. We were a little bit all over the place. And both Mellish and Armour switched off early on for this throw-in that came in. The lad gets in behind and hits the ball across. Could Hurley come for it? Maybe. But then I think he sort of sees Senior at the corner of his eye and knows Senior's going to come and clear it. As it is, he takes a poor touch, gets it lost in his feet. And the lad smashes it back across goal. Again, could Hurley stop it, Dan, do you think? I, I, I think it's a little bit harsh to suggest... It, he definitely should have stopped it because his first concern is going to be, I've got to protect my near post here. And actually the lad hits it really well back across goal and comes off the far post, doesn't it? Uh, I, I think people blaming Holy solely for it are just jumping on bandwagon, to be quite yeah. honest. Yeah, he maybe could have, but at the same time he didn't, you know, it's, I think I think that's more just excuse looking. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like it's seen his error, and look, that can be accepted. He's rusty; he's not played for eleven months, so it just happens, that doesn't it? But I feel for me, the big problem for me was on the left. We were just so slack, and before that, Huntington had really badly misjudged the high ball, hadn't he, Mike, as well, and let it bounce mm. over him and let their player in. So we were a bit all over the place early on, and we did get back into the game. We had a few, we had one chance in the first, I mean, they, they had one shot straight at Hurley as well in the first half, but, um, 
you also had uh, Moxon had a sort of shot on the turn that I thought initially had gone into the side net or gone wide when watched it live. It hit the post and also the keeper got beat at the post and that would have been an embarrassing goal for him if that had sneaked in. It wasn't great from their keeper. Mm. Um, Into the second half. um, Hang hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, Not long after their first goal was the should have been a red card on Jack Armour. (sighs) I've not seen it back this year so I need to go and watch it back properly but at the time my thought was it's not great but... It wasn't quite as bad as the one at Tranmere for me. I think the one at Tranmere last season was, was horrendous because he had a good sight. For me, I feel like the, from memory, the ball was almost coming over his head a little bit. So it was, it was probably similar to, to Jabbo at Accrington, which got rescinded in the end, didn't it? it got... Well, no, the Jabbo at Accrington one was about waist height. This yeah. was like head height. Um, yeah. And did you see the photo of the gash on Armour's head? I did, to be fair. Yeah, I think his dad yeah. posted it on Twitter, didn't he? So, yeah. Because he had like a couple of dozy moments after that, and I, yeah. which was kind of out of character for him. And I kind of think you take a blow to the head like that, it's, it's no wonder, really. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Um, yeah, so into the second half, uh, Doncaster had a great chance to make it too when Holy spilled a shot from Maxwell, but the rebound was fired well over the bar. Um, and then they, they got the second goal. Again, not great defending on this one. Um, Callum Guy just chasing the ball when he maybe could have held his position a little bit. I've watched it back and he goes chasing the ball and the, the return pass to Biggins finds him in acres of space. He then plays a free ball for Miller who beats the defence far too easily. Holy comes out and I think he does well to force him wide, but could he maybe stood a bit bigger, Dan, to, to stop him getting the ball in? Possibly, you could argue. But then the ball and there's two defenders then and they they just can't stop um, Hurst who's coming in full pelt from smashing it into the back of the net, can they, Dan? No, uh, it's just... Uh, it stemmed from the middle of the park for me. I just mm. thought we were... We were poor for it. Yeah. And at 2-0, it just... It all but finished the game, didn't it? Yeah, I mean... I thought Guy and Moxon didn't have great games in this match. Interestingly, Moxon was the WhoScored.com man of the match for both teams with 7.8, which genuinely surprised me. I was mm. quite shocked by that. But um, but yeah, so I thought they didn't have great games. I thought, you know, look, hey, we get accused, don't we, of being the John Mellish fan club on this podcast. <laughs> well, those who think we don't criticize him, listen up here. I thought Mellish had a poor game. I thought he had a really poor game, actually. He wasn't anywhere near at the races. He moved into midfield and didn't really have the effect in there either that he sometimes has when he pushes up. I thought that really didn't help as much because we didn't have that drive forward down the left. Stretton picked up his injury. Uh, Armour was hit and miss in this game. I thought Senior actually grew, grew into the game after his mistake, to be fair. I thought mm. he did okay. Um, but yeah, later on, obviously, Dennis gets the goal back, which um, the first time we actually went properly route one in this game, wasn't it really? We... Long ball forward from Holy and Show Silver actually does really well to, to nod it down perfectly into the path of Dennis, who nips in and fires it through the keeper's legs. And then Melish actually did have one good burst forward and got the ball into the box to, to Dennis. And this was literally about a minute later, wasn't he? Almost made it 2 2 mm. with a stinging shot. And then Feeney had his header late on, which he, he was never going to be able to get over the ball. It was far too no. high up. There's nothing he could have done there. And I think, to be fair, 2-1 was a fair result to Doncaster. I don't think anyone could really argue with that. I think they were the better side. Certainly a lot better side than the, the side we faced against in... Was it October we played them for the first game? Yeah. They looked much yeah. better than they did then. Um, 
and that was it. It was uh, yeah, a bit disappointing. Eh? Um, I, I, I think if we got the point, it would have been a stolen point. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we're a bit tight for time here now, so I think what we'll do, we won't use Chris from Leicester's uh, review for the Doncaster game. Thank you, Chris, for sending it in, though. We have used you for career, though, so that's the important one. That's The win's the one we want to hear about, isn't it, I suppose? Um, let's just do a couple of quick talk points before we take a break and go on to the uh, half-season review. Um, I mean, injuries. It's just a never-ending cycle, isn't it, Dan? It, it never rains, but it always pours. I mean... It looks like Taylor Charles is out for the season, potentially. Probably a similar injury to the one that um, Finn Back picked up. Um, Jack Ellis, not as bad, thankfully. So hopefully he'll be back by end of January, early February. Um, and Jack Stretton, we don't really know what's happening with him. He, he went off against Crew as a precaution, but then went off against Doncaster with an actual injury. I, what, what do we actually do about this, Danny? It's just, it's just never-ending, isn't it? Mm, it's it's annoying. Mm. You, you know, I mean, you wonder if we've got glass hamstrings or something. You know, it's. I, I wonder if training facilities come into it in any way. I know they. I know they've been using the kneel a bit. I was talking to someone who says the kneel is terrible to training. Yeah, it can, he obviously can't help. Uh, milder weather now, so they'll probably be outdoors a lot more. But no, it's a, it, it's not just us either, as Paul Simpson has said. You know, there, there are other clubs with quite a lot of uh, injuries. It's just, it seems to be part of the modern game now. Uh, there's not much you can do if that happens. You've just got to deal with it. And the fact that we're somehow fourth in the league with all the injuries we've had is testament to how far we've come so far. Mm-hmm. And the job that Paul Simpson's doing, I guess, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's move on from injuries because it's just too depressing to talk about that. Um, the Jordan Gibson conundrum. I want to talk about this one now. The word enigma can get thrown around a lot in the football media, can't it, to describe players? But I, I do really think it it applies quite well to Jordan at the moment. It it just the first two the first two or three months of the season, I thought he was fantastic. That that midfield trio of him with Moxon and Guy was was brilliant, and they were tearing teams apart at times. They were, they were playing some great football he got that suspension and he's really struggled to make the same impact since hasn't he he's been hit and miss he's been out of the team Taylor Charles has come in and taken his place for long periods um these three games are a good example of that I think I feel the Bradford game he was okay did all right until his miss and then at that point he was struggling he wasn't really challenging for headers he's his head had gone a little bit against crew he was fantastic he had a brilliant game he was arguably Second man of the match, just behind probably Armour and Moxon for man of the match. Really, really good performance. And then against Doncaster, he just wasn't in the game at all. And actually, he was making Joel Senior's job a lot harder because we said, Mike, a few times, didn't we, that mm. there was times Senior was getting the ball and he wanted to be able to play the ball into the channel for someone to chase. Mm. And there was no sign of Gibson and he was playing on the right. In yeah, this game. Yeah. He was coming inside far too much and it was really frustrating. How do we get him back to the play we saw at the start of the season, Mike, do you think? Because we know he's a good player and, and I don't and I've heard of people saying he's lazy, he doesn't care. I don't think that's the case at all. I think that's nonsense. I just think there's a, there's a confidence problem there at the moment. Well, for, for me, that first bit of the season that you touched on, he was kind of playing as a bit of a 10. Yeah. And yeah. then since that suspension, he's kind of been playing on the right since we've gone to sort of 3-4-3. Three, three. Mm. And I think we need to go back to that system that we were playing early season, for me. Yeah. Any thoughts, Dan? 
Uh, yeah, it's it's probably annoying him as much as mm. I would say it annoys us, but it's just frustrating, isn't it? You know, and you just wonder if one game where he gets a goal will kick start a, a good run, you know. Yeah, you'd hope that, wouldn't you? Because there's, we don't want a situation like what happened with him at Bradford where he's getting a lot of stick off the fans and he starts giving it back and stuff like that. And, you know, he's well-liked at Carlisle. We've seen the ability he's got. That's the key thing. We know he's got ability. And he's still showing flashes of it. Like I said, against Crew, he was one of our best players. And he got subbed off to rest him as much as anything for the, for the New Year's Day game. Didn't happen for him against thing. With the injuries we've got, he's going to have to play a big part second half of the season. And his contract's up in the summer as well. So, you know, it's up to him to impress either us or any other suitors out there who are potentially interested in signing him. That's the key thing for him, isn't it? So, so there you go. Um, just finishing up before we go into the uh, second half. Um, is it time for a little bit of um, more reflection rather than reaction? I, I, we were listening on the way back, weren't we, Mike? Mm. After the um, after the Doncaster game. And there was a lot of criticism fans, I thought. And I thought it was a little bit OTT, some of it. I think there was a lot of talk of, yeah. you know, so-and-so is not good enough. Get rid of I mean, there was a lot of talk of get Holy out of the team and put, give Kelly a chance. People who have well, not seen Kelly Well, play. a few people were saying Christian Dennis only scores goals. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know. He's, he's averaging more than one in, one in two for us this season. Yeah. And actually, I disagree with that. I think he does a lot. I mean, yeah. you, you certainly think that, Dan. I know you think he, he, he does a lot more, doesn't he? And it's... I think we need a bit of a bit of realism here that 12 months ago we were scraping a 1-0 win at Scunthorpe mm. and it was scraping a win that day as well. We've come a long way in 12 months. A 2-1 defeat at Doncaster where a few players had off games is not the end of the world. <laughs> we're fourth place going into the new year. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll probably drop a few places with the, the games that are happening this weekend when we're not playing. But I think sometimes, Dan, do you think we need to take a step back maybe and fans need to be a bit, bit calmer? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I mean, people complaining Dennis does now. He scored 14 in 25 this season. Exactly. And a, a, a half a dozen of them, 25, have been from the bench. So it's just absolutely ridiculous to, you know. But uh, no, uh, why not get excited about the promotion push? You know? I don't know. I, I get the point of being excited about the promotion push, but I think there needs to be a little bit of calmness of like, they're talking like, oh, we need a. I mean, some fans were, on, were bordering on saying we needed a clear out almost in January and, you know, eight or nine <laughs> new players coming in. We, we can't do that because we've got that many injuries. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I, I, there's definitely going to be more coming in. We, yeah. we know that, you know, it's, you know, there, there is there is little rumours appear about players going out, but why, why would a player want to leave at the moment? We're fourth in the league. And when we get a full fit first eleven, we can beat anyone in this division. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that the top three in this league, if any of them had an injury crisis like what we have had all season, they would not be doing as well as we're doing. No. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Absolutely. Right, well, let's take a short break and then we'll be back to uh, do our half-term report on the season so far. Hi, I'm Paul Simpson from the Football Club. Welcome to the Brunton Bugle. Makes me laugh every time. I still need to find a Paul Simpson who doesn't even isn't from the Football Club to record that and get it. <laughs> so there you go. Right, okay, let's let's get into it then. Um, we're going to do a half-term report. Basically, we're going to have a little look back on the season so far. 
look ahead to the rest of the season, maybe discuss some of the transfers we potentially need to bring in, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, um, let's get straight into it. Dan, are you happy with how we've done so far? I mean, it sounds like a stupid question to ask, doesn't it, really? We're sitting fourth in the league with, what, 10 players out injured and, you know, having really struggled last season. You, you must be happy, surely. You've got to be. It's quite funny because... Uh... One of the Stockport sites messaged our pod Twitter, didn't he? And, I, mm. and he asked us for a little review of, yeah. you know, grade one outstanding, grade two good, grade three improvement, four inadequate. And I said, can we have a 1.5? Because yeah. to be fourth it, with the injuries is outstanding, but we're still not quite there. You know, the defeat at Stockport and Doncaster comes straight mm. to mind, you know, which were really bad off days. But both just at the end of runs of fixtures where injuries had hit and that, you know. So if we had a couple more in the building, we maybe wouldn't have lost those games. But no, any Carlisle fan, there's not many would have said we'd be fourth on New Year's Day. No, as I've I, said already, you no, know. So no, I think you're absolutely right there, Dan. And, and and I think when you look back on the defeats we've had, so what we've lost against. Generally, the teams at the top three we've lost against, haven't we? Uh, plus Doncaster and Stockport. Of those, I suppose the only one where you'd say you're almost happy with the defeat because the effort we put in and the way we worked was the, the Orient game. The game we could have easily mm. drawn with the way we played. The other one, Stevenage early on in the season, still finding our feet. Northampton, a couple of minutes of madness. The stop on the Donny games, the ones that stand out, don't you? It's the ones that disappoint because you feel like we could have done so much better in those games. We really could have done a bit better, don't you? So there you go. Uh, Mike, I'll just ask you the same question. I'm presuming it's the same answer, similar? Yeah, I mean, I would have bitten your hand off for this at the start of the season, definitely. Um, and it shows how far we've come that we're in this position and you think, oh, we could have done this, we should have done that. You know, I, I, th- I, think, it, I think it's been brilliant. I really do. Yeah, I don't think there's much argument in terms of that. I mean, when you look back at it, you go back to that first result against Crawley in July. I was going to say August there, but it was July of the season start, wasn't it? Narrow 1-0 win, um, but it kind of set the tone because we played well, didn't we? And they were a team that some people were expecting big things from, having spent a bit of money on a striker in the summer. Not working very well for them at the moment, is it? I think it's fair to say. But it did take us a little bit of time to find our feet after that in terms of Getting results, obviously, we picked up that win, but they had a couple of draws against Colchester and against Swindon, and then we lost against Stevenage. And then that, the win over Gillingham was a bit of a scraped one, wasn't it? That was quite a key game for me, I think, to come through that game, scrape a 1-0 win, when I think last season, to be honest, Gillingham might have scraped a 1-0 win themselves against Mm. us. You know, it was a really tough, hard-fought three points, and it really sort of helped set ourselves that maybe we can do something this season. Yeah, yeah. We, we followed that up though, Dan, didn't we? With a free few draw against Rochdale, which sort of showed the Jekyll and Hyde side of us early on in the season, didn't it? Yeah, there was, there was a couple of annoying games around that time. That Rochdale one, I mean, we were lucky not to lose that game. Yeah, very lucky. We, we were atrocious that day. Mm. You know, I mean, we scored two quite two quite late goals from memory. Yes, uh, was it Huntington and Dennis, I think, got the late goals? Yeah. Um, and then, then then we sort of went on a bit of a decent run, you know, probably culminating in that Stockport match I mentioned, you know. Yeah. It's, which, yeah. that was the sort of the first time where 
injury situation really hit us by the time that game came. You yeah. know, we just we looked tired, and funnily enough, we, we followed it up with a great win at Tranmere, I think, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of frustrating draws in there, isn't it? I mean, I'm looking back now. Mansfield nil nil. That's one that stands out. We should have won it, really. Newport again. We didn't. It's one of those ones where we just didn't quite find our feet in the game. Good win at Grimsby. It has to be said towards the end of September. October was that hitting this month. You're absolutely right. We, we we drew nil nil with Crew in a game that no one ever really wants to talk about again, do they? Appalling <laughs> game of football. Um, but then the next two games were the ones I think that, that these two are the ones that stand out for me where we started to put our stamp on things. The three one win at Hartlepool because we went one nil down in that game. You kind of forget yeah. that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then we really stepped up second half. Moxon getting his first, uh, we saw his second goal for the club for a brilliant finish. Uh, and Amari Patrick getting his brace. And I suppose what's one of the real, it's not negative, I suppose, it's, but one of the real disappointments is not having Patrick fit for, for most of this season. Has been mm. it was, it, so as, as we'll talk about in the next episode, he's basically going to be a new signing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. He's, he's, he's equivalent to what he was when he came back last January. Yeah. Definitely. That was obviously followed up with the free you know, win over Doncaster. And you go into that Orient game thinking, yes, we could get something there. Bad start to that game. Red card, uh, all the other bits. Uh, it was it was certainly an entertaining game. And one we probably could have nicked a free free draw in easily. As you mentioned, Dan, that stop off game was really sort of a cut-off point of that run. But then, we, like you say, we followed it up actually with a decent run after that. With the, the win over Tranmere, where, you know, we, we fairly comfortable with that game. We beat them in the cup. The draw at Harrogate, again, another game again where against it's a struggler we really didn't play well and didn't deserve to win, but managed to nab a draw late on. Um, I don't know anything about the nil nil draw against Walsall because I wasn't here for that one. But then the it winner wasn't very good. No, I've heard it wasn't. Good. <laughs> we, we don't need to talk about the FA Cup defeat against Walsall. It happened. It's it's been and gone. Mm. The win against Salford again. That was another statement game, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, that was one where you felt right. We really are a team that deserves to be up near the top at that point. Yeah, definitely. And you sort of touched on it before with that Hartlepool away win. I think some of these away games in front of the away fans, getting all the goals, it's just, I don't know, it makes you feel a lot closer to the club than I have in quite a while, to be honest. I feel that as fans, we're actually much more a part of it than we have been in recent years. Do you think it helps, Dan, that we've got players who... You seem to buy into the club. You seem to really enjoy actually being here for once. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, there's been a little bit made about the local lads. Mm. You know, mm. the Moxon, Ellis Charters sort of thing. It's always good to have local lads in the team. But even some uh, of the experienced characters, you like to see Christian Dennis seems to be really enjoying it here. He seems to really get it. Jamie Devitt, we know he gets it, you know, because we've seen it before already. But, yeah. You know, People like that really, really buy it. And he, John Mellish seems to be... He seems to be a really big part of him now. He, he loves the fact that he's at this club, doesn't he? Yeah, like he's, he's, he's our longest serving as well, isn't he? So. Yeah, certainly helps, doesn't it? Um, and yeah, obviously, we, we've already discussed what's happened in the last few weeks in terms of results um, all being good. I mean, the draw against Sutton was a bit disappointing. I suppose that's the... That's the disappointment of this season is all those draws, isn't it? That, yeah, when you when, when you look back through our results, there's two or three games where you're like, if only we'd won that game. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of if you nip, nick nick a couple more wins from those draws, 
and suddenly you look a lot better off, don't you, in the league? So yeah, I mean, in terms of key games that we've picked out, then basically I think we're looking at the, the Salford win definitely is one that stands out. I think the Rochdale game, I agree with you, Dan, that was a sign of, right, even when we're not playing well and not at our best, we can still grind out a result here. And I'd probably pick up the Grimsby game, you know. I think the Grimsby game was one where, you know, we, we had to battle away a bit in the second half and we, we showed a different way of winning a game. And, and yeah, generally we just... We, there's not been many games where we've had absolute stinkers, is there really? It's only a handful. It's just getting mm. the, converting those draws into wins. That's one of the key things, isn't it? Um, right, uh, challenge you both to, to pick three of your top performers in the team this season. So who are you going to go for, Mike? Uh, well, it's going to be John Mellish, uh, I think. <laughs> There's been multiple times he's had to play different positions and he's just he's changed games all by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Dennis obviously I think a few people maybe thought that he'd be off in the summer um, and he's just been brilliant even if he does only score goals um, and for me Owen Moxon what a, what a signing he has been oh. this summer he's been absolutely brilliant and I hope that we can keep hold of him come the end of January yeah I wouldn't pretty good choice there and like I said Moxon's got to be probably the lead two side of the season you'd think He's just been incredible, hasn't he? Though that I mean, arguably maybe Monk or um, Orient will be up there as well, possibly, and Pierre Gianni, um, Stevenage. But yeah, Moxon's been fantastic. Um, Dan, you're going to pick your three. Highly unsurprisingly, I'm going to say Mellish, Moxon, and Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> they pick themselves. They yeah. do. They really do. It's sort you know, of a spine almost, isn't it, of a team as well? Mel- Mel- Mellish has been all over the pitch. Yeah, he hasn't scored as many, but his runs create havoc. You know, teams yeah. don't know how to handle him. The the odd team that does show have usually done well against us. Uh, Moxon's come in, big step up, but he's took to it like a duck to water. You know, he's I think he's second highest rate of player in the division on whoscored.com. Well, he's actually Which, joint now. He's joint best with joint um, now, with yeah. uh, thingy. He's, amazing. His games over Christmas, his ratings have been so high. It's bumped him up to. He's joint with what's his name from um, Northampton. I forgot his name. Uh, Hoskins. Hoskins. Yeah, yeah. So he's joined with him now. Yeah. And you know, Christian Dennis, he, he scores goals. That's a, yeah. he, he can do sod all for eighty nine and a half minutes. For me, if he scores a goal, he's done his job because yeah. he's. Mm. He is the heir to Ian Stevens, as I've said many times. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to um I'm going to go through mine, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. So I'm going to go with Mellish. Of course, I'm going to go with Mellish, I and mean, we're all free of an agreement. He's been brilliant this season. I'm also I suppose I'm going to have to go for Moxon because he has been fantastic. He's been <laughs> such a good performer. But I'm not going to go for Dennis from my third. I'm going to go for Jack Armour. Weirdo. Mm. I think Jack Armour has been a real big plus point as well and his consistency as well is one of the things that stands out for me he's he's really has a stinker now he's so solid he's adapted to playing as a wing back rather than a left back instead he gets up and down that pitch brilliantly puts some great balls into the box now and he's finally got his goal as well against Northampton I, I mean Christian Dennis would be an obvious one to pick yes and I, well, if we're going to give our bugle top three performers I'd, I'd go with, with your guys picks 100% but I just think Jack Armour deserves a shot as well. I think. I, I, I think. Up. I think Armour would probably, if we had such an award, the Reliability Award. Yeah. Mm. If that makes sense, because he's, he doesn't have many stinkers at all. Yeah. He just does his job. He gets up and down, up and down. 
Mm. Never complains, gets stuck in, got a well-deserved goal. You can't complain this season. No, absolutely. Although Jack Ellis should be a good shout for a reliability award, award as well, wouldn't yeah, he? 100%. You know? Yeah, he's had a great season. Um, bit of a harsh one to go with this one. The Strugglers, I mean, we'll keep this a bit quicker. I think there's not really many you could pick out here, is there really? I mean, you'd argue probably Hilton just didn't make the mm. impact you'd hope, really, and... Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, in terms of injuries, Ben Barkley's not... It's frustrating because he actually looked quite good at the start of the season, Barkley. Mm. And he's not going to make the impact. Possibly so. Whelan. I think you've been harsh there. I, I, think, mm. I, think, I, 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 I was going to say, it, it's a harsh one, but there's a couple of games where he's had to play left side and yeah. not his... Which isn't his fault, we'll add. Yeah. But he, he's... Unfortunately, he's had stinkers when he's well, played left side. Are we going to say then basically Whelan when he has to play on the left side? That's what we'll say. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a caveat fair, yeah. on that because actually when he's yeah, played on the yeah. right, he's been fantastic. And he's yeah, been yeah. A really yeah. Good, he's been such a reliable... He's very much the Simon Grand of this team, isn't he? He just comes in and does his job when he mm. needs. Yeah. Doesn't complain, gets on with it. Clearly well-liked in the dressing room as well, so definitely yeah, agree with that. Yeah. Any of us you'd pick out as strugglers, Mike? There's not really many, is it? Tough one, yeah, not many really. Uh, I'd maybe say Show Silver based on sort of his injuries and yeah. yeah uh, but he's done he's a good job a in a couple of games he's come into. Oh yeah, as well, yeah. So, so yeah, no, no, that's that's fair enough. Um, would you say we're overachieving so far? This is a question I want to ask. I, 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 or is that a little bit of a defeatist outlook? No, I don't. Uh, think yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the injuries we've had, yeah. When you when as an out if an outsider looked at our squad, and went, oh, he's missed a lot. He's missed a lot. You know, like so. Yeah. Patrick Edmondson's been in and out. Feeney's had a couple of knocks. You would probably say, yeah, they possibly are. But overall, we're there on merit. Yeah, hundred mm, percent. You know, and you know, and it's. If it wasn't for chucking in a couple of bad performances at Stockport and Doncaster and a couple of those home draws, we would probably be third in the league. Hmm. Definitely. It's, 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 it's frustra- That's the frustrating thing, isn't it? You look and you think, oh, it'd be so much better to be in that third place and then it's ours to lose. But hey, we've got to chase them down, haven't we, I suppose? And you know that they're, they're a bit ahead, those top three at the moment. But we Would you, would you rather them. chase down or be the hunted? Chasing down's more exciting, isn't it? I think it's more exciting, but it's I'd love to be top. I I look at Bristol Rovers; they chased it down last season, didn't they? They chased down that first place eventually, and they had exciting last day. So you you two were a bit younger than me, ninety four, ninety five, when we were king of the castle, king of the castle. (laughs) We were absolutely you know. It was good. I I remember those games. We're going going we're going away from home. You go one nil down, you'd be like and. Yeah, we're in three one. You were We usually did, you know. I mean, the, the hope is, I suppose, Dan, it's got to be more than a ninety four, ninety five, or something like that, or a two thousand five, oh six, than a is it eighty nine, ninety, or whatever it was. The um... this is a ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, I, I, I when, that's a when, better when, when we're referred to Wigan and Fulham. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Who, were, who were standout teams then? Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with you though. That's that's the one to aim for. I'm thinking back to that middle mass. We, we want one where it's it's not a a calendar we year that's brilliant, but a full season that isn't. End, we don't want an end to the season like Maidstone. Believe you and me. Yeah, absolutely. No, that 100 yeah, percent agree on that one. Um, 
So yeah, quickly, expectations for the rest of the season, then we'll quickly discuss transfers. Promotion. Yeah, I think promotion, whatever way, shape or form it comes, I would like yeah. us to chase third. Uh, but if we have to make do with the playoffs, so be it. But yeah, promotion. I'm, I'm not going to be pessimistic. What I'm going to say is, I want the minimum to make the playoffs. If we win it, brilliant, fantastic. If we don't, let's not beat ourselves up about it. Let's look and go, right, let's go again next season and, and try and get up. Do what Northampton are doing, basically. But, but is that free. is that more a July thinking than a January thinking, given what's happened so far? It's a good question. Depends on who we bring in, I guess. So let's, let's get yeah, on to that yeah. then. Let's talk about transfers. So yeah, what do we need? Who should we target? And can anyone leave, Dan? Uh, well, we've got the left-sided cover. I, I, yeah. At the start of this month, I wanted a minimum of three. Yeah. Uh, left-sided defensive cover. I'd like another established midfielder just to keep Guy and Moxon on the toes. Yeah, because with Charters being the, out for the season as well. Yeah, yeah the, the, they're automatic picks every week. I just would love to have someone breathing down the neck where if one of them does have a couple of bad games... He will get dropped, you know. Just, yeah. you know, just that fight for a place. Yeah. And depending on Edmondson's, I think, I think he's due at the surgeon this week, isn't he? Mm. After being ill, I think we need another one in up top. Yeah, a big man. Possibly well, even two now. Does mm. it? Does it have to be a big man, or could it be a an average size man who's quite good in the air and quite physical, <laughs> and maybe has links to the club? Possibly someone who's been linked. Just and say we, Joe Garner again. Go on, on let's you. say Joe Garner. Okay, so Joe Garner's yeah. been linked with a move back to the club. What I understand talking to people yeah. is he has been linked with us, obviously. Uh, there is interest both ways. There are other, other clubs sniffing. Yeah. Bradford yeah. have been mentioned. Accrington have been mentioned. Yeah. But he's got a connection to us, hasn't he? Well... Greg's the big connection here, isn't it? This is where Greg yeah. comes into his own, and we know Joe Garner absolutely loves Greg Abbott because he basically mm. resurrected his career the second time round when it was going nowhere, really, wasn't it? And he got his move to Preston thanks to his second loan with us. Well, and Paul Huntington is a big factor because they're apparently best mates, aren't they? Yeah, they're very good mates, so that, that there's every chance this one could come off. I, I'm with you, Dan. I've heard from different sources to you as well that we are keen, and we're and we're working on it. It's one that we're hoping we can sort. But if you look, he's his, not played much for Fleetwood in the last few weeks either. I think the he's, last eight he's been games, on the bench. He's maybe played twenty minutes across four sub appearances. I'm not even sure it's even twenty minutes he's played in yeah, the last yeah, eight games. Yeah. So, well, other than that, will probably include injury times. <laughs> yeah, he's out of contract at the end of the season. I suspect there's an issue yeah. there in terms of sorting out a payoff from Fleetwood yeah. or similar. So. Um, so yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I, I I think if he comes, it will probably be a loan till the end of the season, so the fleet would still have to pay a bit with a uh, promise of a, a year if he, if he maybe hits some targets. You yeah. know, if he plays a dozen games or scores six goals or something. That, that's what you yeah. hope for, isn't it? And I and I genuinely think I've heard a few people saying, "Oh, Louis' record's not great in recent years." Stuff. He'd be a brilliant player at this level for us. I yeah. I know someone difference. who who watched him in a game this season. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was in the Pizza Trophy, but apart from that, yeah. he said he was... It was against Man United under-21s. My mate follows Man United under-21s. <laughs> and he said he was the best player on the pitch and he was absolutely everywhere 
and mm. tortured Man United that night. Man yeah. United actually won that game, I think. Yeah, yeah, they did. To be but fair, he yeah. absolutely tortured them. Yeah, I think he'd make it. I think the the idea of him and Dennis up front, the the, the ultimate shit house strike pairing, would be mm. quite impressive, wouldn't it? So, so yeah. yeah, we definitely and, understand he's one we're after, and so, it would yeah. get the fans bouncing. Oh yeah, mm. the lift it would give as well. You can't you can't underestimate that sometimes. Well, the, the difference that can make and. And you know he'll fight. You know what kind of a player he is. He will work his backside off. Well, like like we, he's been mentioned before a couple of years back, and I think I said he's, he's one of those players. When he plays for you, you absolutely love him. Yeah. When he plays against you, you absolutely detest him. Yeah. Because he is a shit house. Yeah. Mm. Can't wait. Hopefully, to get him in back. a good way. You know exactly that. Exactly that. Um. Yeah, I'd agree with you in terms of the players coming in. I think definitely midfield covers something we need now as well, especially with the Charters injury and Hilton going back. And I love Devitt, but he's not going to be starting games much. He might start one or two here and there, but Simo clearly isn't 100% trusting of his injury issues. Mm. Um, but he can come on and do a job for us in games, I suppose. I'd like to see him used a little bit more. Um, Mike, any others? You, are you pretty much in agreement on that? Yeah, that's about it, really, I think. Um Obviously, you've got to be careful with the low knees because you can only have five in a match day squad. Yeah. Although, so, obviously, now with Hilton going back, we've got one extra space yeah, there. Yeah. And it wouldn't amaze me if Finn back was recalled by Forrest mm. to see through the rest of his injury rehab with them because we'd only get maybe five, six weeks of him at the end of the season. And at that point, you've got to get him back up to fitness as well. So, mm. really, ideally, we want to send him back to get some extra covering to give Senior a bit of a... It's not challenge is the right word, but you know, a bit of I'd, comfort. If if he does go back, I don't think we'll see him again because he'll play a level up. Yeah. Well, next season, but, we'll the league one. <laughs> Come on, be on the on the flip side, Forest know that we're good with players. Yeah, so, mm, yeah you know, it's always good to have teams. That's the hope. Um, anyone that can go in January, it's, it's difficult because of all the injuries, I suppose. But if we do bring in Garner, would, would maybe. Show Silver, yeah, go out maybe. possibly. Maybe Jaden Harris on loan to get a bit of game time. Mm. Uh, I was thinking the the one who I just can't see playing any games is Ben Barkley. Mm. It's a tough one. But isn't I it? think I, th- I think unless there was a move for him somewhere, I think we've got him for the season. Yeah, but I suppose it gives us that extra bit of cover, and we've had a few injuries, haven't we, in in defence in this season? So basically, we've got Barkley and Whelan covered in the same area. Yeah, that's I the guess problem. So. Yeah, because mm. you've we got could, you've could... got you've got Robinson for the left now. Yeah, you've got them two for the right. Yeah, you know Ellis is going to be hopefully back in three or four weeks, so that's that's right back. You know, even Ellis covers both. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I just think we're slightly mm. stacked with Barkley, Whelan and Ellis. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? But yeah, I think generally we're, we're thinking maybe four to five players coming in. We've already had one coming in, so maybe three to four left to come in. A couple of couple of forwards, a midfielder and maybe some right-sided cover possibly. I, 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 I think when you say a couple of forwards, one could be one of those sort of Jordan Gibson type players. Yeah, a wide forward, I suppose. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Describing you. And I'll see... If we can get him, Joe Garner will come in as the centre forward. That's what you'd hope for. Yeah, right, there you go. Yeah. Um, I think that's it, lads. I, I, I was going to do a le- sort of League Two general sort of how do you think teams have got on, but actually, tell me what we'll do. We'll save that for next week. We'll have a look at that on next week's episode. Yeah, yeah. We've been go- going on for quite a bit here. Um, we're not going to do the X Files. We'll, uh, we'll, yeah. No, we're going. I was just going to say we're going to do a big X Files roundup. Yes. 
there were some really quiet weeks. <laughs> yeah. All the Christmas. So there was one week where there was only about three goals. So yeah. we'll we'll let the FA Cup happen this weekend and we'll do a super catch up. Yeah. And work its magic. Um well that's it then. Thanks very much guys for coming on this week's episode. Cheers. Um thanks very much to our sponsors, the London Branch, once again for their support this season. Um the John Halpin interview is coming soon, I promise you. I 100% <laughs> promise you. Because you've got a quiet weekend. I, I will try to get it out this weekend. I pro- I'll, I'll I'll say, when you said it'd be out by New Year, you never specified which New Year. So uh, I said Christmas yeah. Eve, didn't I? I didn't say yeah. it was Christmas Eve, yeah. so there you go. Well, no, uh, what, why, why don't we put it out uh, early next week? Because yes. we've got midweek matches coming up for the exactly. foreseeable. So we've got a few busy ones. We've sorted out yeah. some of the behind enemy lines for the upcoming episodes as well. So that we're going to have yeah. that coming back as well, which is good to see. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have a look at some of the different things we can do in the second half season. I've got some ideas for some feature ones, which might involve getting a few uh, guest fans on to come and talk about some of their favourite players and that kind of thing. So uh, we'll, we'll put a little notice out of that on uh, social media at some point as well. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Dan, Mike, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.